Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. Meet Kevin and Millennial Money here. Welcome back to another episode of Millennial Money. We've got a special offer for you in the link down below with Weeble. <laughs> if you deposit $100 with Weeble, uh, you'll get some free stocks. So check that out in the link down below. But today we're going to talk a lot about a lot of things, specifically the market, uh, touch on uh, inflation and some other updates going on with us here. We're specifically going to start, though, with Agent Red, who is not a uh, paying uh, chat person, but it is somebody who is about to get blasted because they like to say that Kevin is a flip-flopper. And Kevin doesn't like being called a flip-flopper. See, the reality is we have to answer things with nuance. And the reality is, is yeah, we've gone from a phase of thinking we would have much lower inflation than we've actually seen. We have seen much more inflation longer than we thought we have uh, that we thought we would have. But that doesn't mean we don't expect, uh, even as millennial money, and we'll talk about it, we don't expect inflation to go down. How much it goes down, how fast it goes down is TBD. And we've got Delta to worry about. But uh, I think it's uh, disingenuous to say that uh, there's uh, ever been flip-flopping because uh, I think I've been very clear. And we've been pretty clear with our opinions on the channel. I mean, we talk about inflation almost every week. Uh, but uh, just to you know, give a 20-second synopsis of my view is that uh, obviously base effects, reopening, big inflation. And we get an inflection point to the downside. If it weren't for Delta, I think we'd go right back down to 2 2.5% inflation. I think Delta might push us back to 3 3.5%, depending on how long it lasts. Uh, but uh, in the long term, there won't be an inflation. Uh, it's just a matter of us getting through this next six months to 12 months. My take. I'm going to take the glasses off. Bye, <laughs> Mr. Troll. Hello, there money. Go. Kevin, I was having so much Great trouble trying to keep it together with you with those glasses on, man. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Uh, Kevin? let's let's talk what do y'all think what's gonna happen what's going on so uh yeah. my opinion is yeah i i you know i've always kind of stated like inflation was much higher than the government was was kind of talking about i think it's a lagging indicator but now i'm taking much more toward your side kevin kind of moving forward especially going into 4q where I think uh, we could start seeing a, a much decrease in inflation, and maybe I don't I don't know if I want to go as far as to say deflation yet, but I think this this crazy amount of inflation will definitely start to slow down in 4Q. I think the market will lag. I think the market will still be talking about huge inflation even when it starts coming down, and I think they'll lag on this just like they lagged, um, you know, kind of coming into this. So that's that's my two cents on that. How long do yeah, you think no, it'll yeah, lag? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Andre. No, I was just saying, I, I kind of actually agree with Kevin's uh, sentiment with it not being as high as we anticipated. So initially, I think it was higher than we thought, right? But as we go into Q4, as expectations are through the roof, I could see us being much lower in, in our demand, especially with COVID picking up as it is. So I could totally see the numbers going not as high as we anticipate. So I don't know. We could see a market go the other direction. I don't know. I almost feel like COVID picking up is going to boost inflation in a way, because I, I think that means they're they're going to be less likely to reduce their asset purchases. They're going to keep interest rates low. And I think they could extend it a little bit longer 
than uh, than expected. I mean, even just like two months ago, as things were reopening, we were expecting, wait a second, they're going to start raising rates. Maybe this is going to get out of hand. Now, I think at this point, it could continue a little bit longer than we expect. So I, my opinion hasn't changed. I think it's going to be higher ex, higher inflation than what uh, than what uh, the Fed thinks. But I think it's going to be lower than like the worst case scenario. Probably going to go on a little bit longer than what people expect. Wait, oh, we got to mention the channel. We got to mention the channel. Yeah, yeah. Down below in the description, you guys have to subscribe to the Clips channel. We post a new video there. I think it's twice a day. Twice a day, you get a, a perfect clip of the entire live stream, like the best highlights and parts down below in the description. Just go and subscribe. I think we hit like 20,000 subscribers recently. It takes you a split second. So that's it. That's my pitch. That's all you got to do. <laughs> that great. That's awesome. Uh, okay. So here's the thing uh, about inflation. It, it's out of hand. I mean, just flat out. I, I was on the Corsair earnings call. Uh, well, I probably listened to that thing about six times now straight. And uh, the CEO says that just for a container, they're paying like 4X what yeah. they were paying like in 2019. That's so unsustainable, it's ridiculous. For a container, he's like, I think we might get in the container business. I'm like, I wouldn't blame you, man. <laughs> There's gotta be some money to be made there. It's out of control. Yeah, and you know what's really interesting is in, in China, as soon as like one person coughs at the ports, uh, and more realistically, somebody gets COVID, uh, they shut them down. It, and, and it just makes the all of the supply chain issues worse. And so this is where like, Delta is really throwing this this wrench into this gear, these, the gears essentially, where Delta could, in a weird way, cause people to temporarily save money again, to stay home, to spend less money. And so, so that's a deflationary pressure. But Delta could make supply chain issues worse. And like Graham said, that could lead to more money printing, which is an inflationary pressure. So then it's like, what happens when we get a reopening after Delta again? Like, and when is this cycle going to end? <laughs> it's scary. Uh, and, and Delta cases, or just COVID cases in general, you know, high, highest we've seen since since the previous waves uh, just today. It's not going down yet. Yeah, yeah. The, the numbers are insane. I think yesterday was 245,000 new cases or something like that. Uh, 1,000 deaths. So the percentage of deaths to new cases is substantially lower than it was in previous waves, probably because elderly, have, for the most part, got their shots. Um, but the, the percentages are way down. But at the same time, uh, deaths have still climbed immensely. Hospitalizations have climbed immensely. ICU numbers, like if you look at all the, the stats and the facts around it, all the numbers have gotten dramatically worse. But it's interesting because it just doesn't seem like anybody wants to give that any attention. And it seems like we just want to stay open and, and keep going on this thing. So, yeah. well, the numbers are substantially higher than what we talked about last week, right? I don't know if we want to throw that chart up again, but yeah. if you guys remember from last episode, the chart that we showed, I yep. have it up here somewhere. Yeah, yeah it's climbing, man. It's continuing. Yeah. To oh, go up. they just posted. They just posted for today, didn't they? Is is that? Yeah. Oh, oh no, it's, this is that one block. Sorry. Okay, I thought, for example, there was two. There were two here. Never mind. Yeah. Hold on. There we go. I just sent it yep. to you, Kevin. So, if you want to throw that on the screen, it's substantially okay. higher than if you guys remember it last week use that chart yeah yeah and yeah the hospitalization icu numbers have gone insane man some some states are out of control but yeah. you know i don't know it's just interesting because i'm just watching it and, and it just seems like no one really cares this time around that like everybody's kind of like turning a blind eye to it like i don't see it so if, if it doesn't exist if it's not Look at that curve man remember that when that curve was just trending upward and it was like uh it looks like it's about to, just it's evolving <laughs> yeah <laughs> Mm -hmm. and, and you know, something else too is I think the United Kingdom, they kind of, uh, I don't think I can see it here. Um, I think the United Kingdom's cases 
Kingdom, COVID cases, they've kind of plateaued at a higher level. Look at that, which is kind mm -hmm. of scary because we saw them have that exponential curve and we were kind of hoping that maybe in the United States we would see that same thing like, oh, it's just the UK spike, it'll come back down. But look, they're, they're stabilizing way up. Mm -hmm. Is that where they went into a lockdown or what did they implement at the, at the, the peak there? Was that any there or is that just a normal drop off? I don't know. That's a good question. I think initially folks were suspecting that this drop-off occurred because I think like 88% of the adults in the United Kingdom have had at least one shot. I mean, they're like 18% higher than we are in terms of first shot. Uh, so they've got way closer to herd immunity. And I think folks had so much optimism that, oh, the UK, they're, they're two weeks ahead of us or a month ahead of us or whatever. That's going to be us. It's all going to plummet again. But But now it's stabilizing and still rotating up. So that's not good. Yeah, I know the numbers are scary, man. Uh, but you guys are all vaccinated, though, right? Yeah, we're all vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, I don't even want to talk about anything, so I'll, I'll just change that subject. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm vaccinated. So, but anyways, uh, yeah, no, I don't want to go there. So, <laughs> no, I know. No, no. <laughs> the question is: oh, Is this going to have any type of negative actual effect on the economy? COVID numbers going up. Let's just let's not even talk about inflation. Just COVID numbers rising. Do you think yeah. in any way that makes people say, "I don't want to go out," or do people just like, "I don't care"? If the everybody has Rony Rona out there, I'm still going out, still living life. It seems like mm -hmm. anecdotally, people are becoming more careful again. I've definitely mm -hmm. seen that, that now people are a little bit more vigilant of wearing a mask. They're just keeping a little bit more of a distance, not a huge change, but I think it's just being more aware of their surroundings and at least just giving a little bit more space between people. But it, it doesn't seem like there's still that, like uh, that fear that existed about a year ago. Yeah. I, I think the numbers uh, will climb, but are, if the numbers get like crazy out of hand, then I see it. But I, I just, Feel like people are so tired of staying at home that it, it's going to take something really extraordinary for the mental like psychological effect to start affecting markets i just think everybody's just so tired of being at home that it's it's going to take something going into the winter time as like yeah. like we said before i mean it already really is i feel like starting to affect the markets and it's just the fear of like what's going to happen how severe is this going to be and i have a feeling this the, the fear it's probably going to be worse for the markets than whatever the reality is because you tend to maybe, price maybe I'm pessimistic, but maybe yeah. I'm pessimistic, but I feel like the opposite is going to happen this time around. It's like, it's always just when you anticipate like, Oh, of course it's going to be a repeat of last time. We're going to get crazy inflation. And, and maybe that's part of like the pessimism or the jadedness that I have is like, I just feel like the, the market's going to do the complete opposite. And I don't know quite how to quantify that feeling, but it just feels like it's just not going to be what you think it's going to be. And just markets I mean, look, are going to be like. I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, if you look at the market now, it's like uh, we, we would expect that with the surge in cases, recovery stocks would plummet. But really, recovery stocks have been going down for three months now. Uh, and and uh, it, it's, it's almost like the market was trying to like pre engineer that. Now it's like, oh, well, stay at home stocks should be doing well, like Zoom or Peloton. Not really. You know what's doing well right now is Moderna. Uh, I feel like everybody's just like plowing money into Moderna because they're like, well, Moderna does good if Delta's here or if Delta goes away because people are going to need boosters or it's kind of like a recovery stock, but it's also kind of like a COVID stock. So I feel like people are just like, I don't know what to do with my money. I'll just go Moderna. Like it just feels like a lot of uncertainty and cluelessness right now in terms of what's going on. Mm -hmm.
Um, yeah, you know, 100%. Johnson, Pfizer is another one that's been moving up. Pfizer. Yep. And Johnson & Johnson. That's a, that's oh. a classic. Yeah, it's my, it's my top brand to own for life. I gotta love me some Johnson and Johnson. I love you guys <laughs> own Johnson. I've had it since 2014. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, are they? Is, what's the deal with them? Because I, I heard you know they had the the one shot one, which everybody was excited about. I know my mom when she was like, "Oh, only get one shot," but then all of a sudden there was some drama. They, can they give that out, or, or what's the deal with that? Wait, what's the question? Can they can they watch? Can Johnson and Johnson give out their shot? Because for a while they had to pull it off the market because there were some worries about uh, uh, the shot in danger. Yeah, I think it was a high risk of blood clots. Uh, yeah, something like I think that. it was over fifty five or sixty. But they determined that the uh, the risk the risks of not getting a shot outweighed the uh, uh, the potential of a blood clot. So. Let's not go down that path. That's a, <laughs> yeah, sure. a slippery okay. slope. I just had a conversation with a friend until like 3 a.m. and he was just scaring me. And I'm like, uh, I just hope you're full of crap. Like, I don't want to listen to you. <laughs> just, it's, I'm just like terrified. I don't want to get into it, that. The whole vaccine thing is so politically charged right now, you know, and I think it doesn't help that we don't actually have FDA approval yet. You know, it's, it's like, it, it's, even though we have new technology, it's true. It's some of the fastest stuff that has been produced, uh, you know? So it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's this not, endless debate. Not to mention that there's like no single source that we can all go to get the information from. It's like, I don't know what to believe. Anything I read, like any opinion you have will be supported by some study or some research or some sensationalist piece by the media. Like, I don't know where to go to get like the main source other than maybe the CDC, but like, we just don't have the studies yet. But but even like the C, you know, the CDC just drives me so nuts because like I, I, I kind of like as you were saying that I already pulled this up. I'm like, look at this. They literally say, do not choose masks, including N95s. And I'm like, are you dumb? Like, this is the best protection people could have is like an N95, right? Like a rest, like an actual mask that, that filters, right? It's not only better if you're sick to wear that, but it's better if you're not to wear that. Like science proves this. We know these are good. Uh, we know there are plenty of them available. Yet here's our federal government telling people not to wear N95s. This is moronic. Uh, sorry, I'll say it. So is, is this, you think they're pulling the same PPE thing where they're just trying to protect the frontline workers? Or what do you think? Why would they say that? There's plenty. And quite frankly, if there wasn't, we had 18 months to make enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we did the Defense Production Act to make ventilators and Tesla was making ventilators. How about making more masks? Well, three uh, Honeywell did and 3M did. And now we've got enough masks, but you still got this antiquated uh, government. Uh, and, and this, I'll tell you, every day in politics, because now I'm so exposed to it, <laughs> it just sucks. Like, if politics or, like, government were a business, it'd be bankrupt, man. It's it's so right. bad. Well, we need to have help, HEPA filters be the standard for every business that's operational. Just just HEPA right. filter everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, buy 3M stock first. <laughs> right. Speaking of that, Kevin, though, how is your campaign going? Oh, I'm getting pretty far. It's it's fun, man. Just the the last week uh, has been insane. I mean, it's every day. It's just been back to back interviews. Like um, today, I was I was interviewing with the USA Today, and it was the funniest question. I spent forty five minutes with them in person, uh, and they had a photographer come and everything. Right after that, the guy's like, "So, um, you off for the rest of the day, or what are you doing now?" <laughs> I have the Associated Press on standby waiting for you to stop asking me questions so I can interview with them. 
Then I went on the Adam Carolla podcast at 315. Are you serious? Adam Carolla. Right after that, I had a CBS interview. Right after that, I had the San Diego interview. Now we got this. It's just like it's it's crazy just how many interviews are. It's it's kind of fun because it's different, but especially in person, because now it's like, yeah, I remember as a kid, it was like, oh, look, it's a news van or whatever. Uh, Now it's like there's a news van and they're coming to talk to me. (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) That's cool. Wait, so what are the chances of him getting recalled now? Is it like higher or what, what are people feeling? It's really close right now. I mean, the the last two poll, one poll showed him at fifty one percent likely to get recalled. Uh, a CBS one came out and he was like forty eight percent likely to be recalled. Like four months ago, the recall was like a thirty percent chance of happening. Nobody cared about it. Nobody was paying attention to it. Now it's like people are like get this loser out. <laughs> so what it's crazy. Wow. What yeah, changed? Is it is it just people got more serious now about uh, about the polls or what is it? Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. I think the fires don't help. You know, NPR came out and did this big headline piece about how he misled all Californians about fires, that he overstated his fire prevention by 690%. Uh, and, and now we have a big fire problem, right? Now they're talking about potentially doing uh, uh, water cur- curtailments because we're so out of water. And these are all the direct result of, of basically him not prioritizing solving fire prevention or water uh, solutions, right? So Californians are like, ugh, and now we got to potentially have COVID 2.0 lockdowns with Delta coming up. So I think people are waking up a little bit more realizing, wait a minute, maybe we do need somebody else running this I'm, I'm so surprised how he stayed in government as long as he has considering the problems of California. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. It, it is, it's really interesting. It's he, I, in my opinion, I think he rode Jerry Brown because he was his LT governor, uh, governor, and so was able to kind of ride ride the way up through through other means, like oh, mayor of San Francisco. What happened there? Homelessness, crime, everything got worse. Right now, it's kind of happening statewide. Uh, but I think he rode through the Jerry Brown administration, uh, and then he gets a lot of money from like the Gettys and, and some of the pretty rich established families here. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of dirt out on. I, I don't like going into that kind of stuff, but. Um, yeah, it's just political connections, man. It's crazy. You know, like just an example, you guys have heard about that high-speed rail in California? Yeah. They, they basically want to build like this $100 billion choo-choo train uh, to get people from Bakersfield to NorCal. And I went to Bakersfield and people are like, this is the stupidest waste of money ever. <laughs> like nobody wants it. Mm. Uh, and um, he actually went into office campaigning that he was going to kill the high-speed rail. Then he got tons of money from high-speed rail contractors now he loves the high-speed rail <laughs> that's fun yeah and so, this would be yeah. a great time to plug our sponsor no, i'm just kidding <laughs> the high-speed rail <laughs> company of california <laughs> yeah. it's gonna get you so fast 2050 <laughs> oh, hey God. we are creating a uh, speed rail between cali and uh nevada right uh Elon's I've, heard, or, I've heard about that for like 10 years i don't yeah, know if that's been real right that's been in the works for such a long time. They wanted to do that starting from Victorville to Las Vegas, which would be fantastic. Then I think it was about two years ago, there was something that was signed in that said like it was approved, but now they got to work on the budget for it. But yeah, mm. as, as long as I could remember, that's been that's been going on. And uh, when I was like trying to buy in San Bernardino initially, that was a big selling point because it, it was like, ooh, they've been working for 10 years now to build this real, maybe one day. And that was like 10 years ago. So it's wow. been going on for a while now. Eventually, so, I think it'll happen, but 
we'll see. So you guys think the boring tunnel will get here first before the high speed rail? Uh, I don't think California's uh, gonna let you do anything. anything yeah. to include Jeez. it. It's, it's broken, man. Tunnel so smart. You know, floor. Did we talk about this? I don't know if we did. I think for Lauderdale, which has a water table that's like five feet deep, they're gonna do a boring tunnel to help people get around for Lauderdale. Like I grew up around there, and I'm like, yes, this is brilliant. So you got like the mayor of Miami is doing crypto, right? Texas is getting Tesla's Gigafactory over there. Uh, and they want to expand these and build homes around there. Uh, they're doing the boring tunnels. I mean, it's just like, why can't that be California? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to do more research in the, in the boring tunnels. So I, there's this YouTuber that has been blowing up lately. I saw one of his videos got recommended to me like uh, a couple nights ago. And he did one on why Dubai is such a dumb city, like the way they set up Dubai. Oh, God. It has over 5 million views. You saw that? I, yeah, it kept coming up recommended, so I clicked on it. Yeah. Fantastic video. Yeah. And so now his videos keep getting recommended. And there's one that has Elon Musk in a clown suit. And it says that Elon Musk is such a clown for the boring uh, tunnel idea. I haven't got to watch the video yet, but I clicked on it and I figured, well, it's Elon Musk. He, this guy must get a ton of hate. And the thumbs up to thumbs down ratio is crazy in this guy's favor. So I'm going to have to watch that video tonight or whatever and, and, and hear why he thinks the boring tunnels are such a uh, dumb idea or idiotic. It's probably a Trojan horse. It's probably like the opposite. And this is why it's the most brilliant idea ever. <laughs> and he's a clown yeah. for not doing it earlier. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to check it out. But anyways, uh, yeah, that, that guy, man, his, his channel is blown up. So anyways, hey, we're we gonna talk about the elephant in the room, Kevin. Uh, tattoo chefs getting destroyed, man. Uh, that's why no. I have to record in my garage tonight. I'm sweating my butt off out here. I can't afford to run the AC. <laughs> I'm trying to buy as many shares as possible. What happened, Kevin? Why didn't I short the stock with you? I mean, I mean, uh, not short it. I mean, just sell it. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, look, it's it's all SPACs, man. I mean, it's uh, for the last three or four months, people have just been regularly saying like, "Oh, should I buy SPACs? Should I buy SPACs?" And SPACs are really juicy right now for selling puts because I think the market just expects them to go down, so you can get some sweet credits like farm with that. But I don't know, just anything SPAC is bad right now. All SPACs just down. And and uh, like whether it's a good or bad company, look, they're great SPACs. They're they're not so great SPACs. You know, I don't think Tattoo Chef is that horrible. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think if anything, it's one of the better ones. I'll give you a credit, you know. Uh, but um, it's just facts in general. You know, they're easy to short. I feel like in, uh, uh, you've got institutional investors who are like, what are higher value, newer companies that we could play short bets on or puts, you know, take out puts on? And it's either Kathy's Ark, you know, we saw the Burry thing. Or, or it's SPACs. It's just, it's like they're e easy short targets right now. Uh, and I think that's what's happening and, and easy things to pull money out of. It's people are Jeremy, worried about that higher valuation now. I yes, just Andre. pulled up the tattooed yeah. chef stock and the chart just scared the crap out of me. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's 25, 25% down. Hold on. Yeah, it Wait. was down on One Friday week. alone. Yeah, like well, down 31% in the last six months. Now, on the positive side, it does seem to have some support. It looks like around the 16 range. So I think it's going to be pretty crucial over the next few days if it bounces up from here or if it goes down below like 1550. If it drops Jeremy. below 1550, I think we could potentially see 14. Yeah. Yes. What's your average cost basis? Uh, uh, 1880 or something like that. So I could get in 
below yours? You you oh, can you can. <laughs> Everybody can get a lower price than me right now. <laughs> like my hope is I can get my cost basis under eighteen fifty, but I've already added so many shares that it gets harder and harder to like average down now. So. Ah, oh, man. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of these stocks are getting destroyed. Voyager hit 13s today. Um, we have, let's see, well, Tesla was, was selling off, but then it came back a bit. Obviously, Tattoo Chef 16 today. We have, uh, let's let's see which other ones. Uh, Wins at 91. It was at 90 today. Wow. The planet almost, I think the planet might have hit 499 today, just under five bucks. Smile Direct Club is now under five dollars. That one was thirteen and some change six months ago. So Honest Company's under ten dollars. That's a newer IPO. So yeah, it seems like anything that's gone public in the last twelve to eighteen months just and there's no volume. I was looking at Corsair's volume. Like you'd think, like you know, Corsair being such a talked about stock, the valuations so down, high growth. The volume is half, half of what it usually is for Corsair gaming. And so it's just it's interesting to see. There's just I, I don't know, man. There's just like, where's the Wall Street money? It seems like they don't want to touch anything. It doesn't matter the, the growth numbers. It, if it's if it's smaller cap and higher growth and went public recently, they seem to just not not be interested, no matter what. So, Wait, you know, what's is that, weird is that selling pressure because of hedge funds or the short positions they're taking on, or because retailers are selling because they're anticipating deflation. Like, what's the primary? I, I think the main thing is you're always going to have some selling pressure, right? You're always going to have some right. funds selling out or, or individuals that have to sell for one reason or another, right? So that that's always going to be there, but there, there's no buying pressure, it seems like, mm -hmm. on any of these stocks. I mean, Tattoo Chef reported 62% branded revenue growth, and it's just there's no buying pressure. Corsair Gaming is down to a Ford P of 15, and they just reported 24% revenue growth in the last quarter, which is insane. And that stock traded half its regular volume today, half. So it just, I don't know. I guess it's just, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a conspiracy theory. I don't, you know, I don't get it's into dark it. Holes, bro. Yeah. Yeah. The conspiracy theory that, you know, earlier in the year, everybody with the GameStop and AMC, oh, we're going to show Wall Street. We're going to show Wall Street up. We're going to own them. And so now Wall Street's getting their revenge and are like, we'll, we'll see what happens with you guys. Any stock that's a Reddit stock, YouTube stock, Ooh, so, you know, I, I don't want to go, you know, that's whatever. Okay. I got to focus on what I got to focus on, which is buying on the dip. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that are starting to think that because it's true. Like you, you can't really find a Reddit stock or YouTube stock that is popular in those communities. That's really doing that great. SoFi, uh, somebody just sent me fell like 25%. Yep. It seems like yep. every single stock that's in those communities is just downtrending viciously. So yeah, I sold a ton of puts on SoFi. What did, I think I, I think I tied up in collateral like four hundred ninety thousand dollars on SoFi, and wow. I took like I want to say I want I want to say it was close to fifty percent. It was like a two hundred thirty thousand dollar credit or something that I took, wow. uh, and and I went all the way out because I think volatility is going to go down. So I went out to like twenty twenty three, and I'm like I'm gonna just take that credit and sit here with the money. <laughs> um, but it's weird because even like. Uh, you know, treasury yields falling, which which usually indicates that uh, the market expects uh, you know inflation to to cool down over the next uh, you know few months or or even year. Uh, and but part of me also wonders: Are people just taking their cash out of the market, buying some bonds? Uh, you know, sitting on the sidelines with the cash? Like I agree with you, Jeremy. Like where where is the money, or is it just evaporating? <laughs> yeah, Wait, it, who's, who's buying bonds right now? Just retirees, you guys think? Hi, it's a really good question. Wealthy, really wealthy companies, just I think short term. 
I'm just there. I've I don't think never met anybody in my life that's like 10 years. Well, think about like Apple, for example, right? They don't necessarily just keep their money in cash, they'll buy treasuries, and so they might have you know, whatever, a hundred billion dollars in cash, but I, I. I don't know the exact breakout, but I wouldn't be imagined. I, I would, wouldn't be surprised if like half of that was just various different treasury bonds, just ultra secure. Give us a tiny little return. We basically want it to be cash like. So if tomorrow we need to dump it and, and go acquire a company, we can, but they still get a little bit of a return. That's like, why else you would, you know, buy a 10 year note for 1.26% like what, you know? Yeah. That's been like, oh, I'm buying bonds right now. I don't know if you guys have ever met anybody. But, no, you know. never. No. <laughs> right. What are you guys buying right now? Well, I'll um, let the other guys start because I'm buying just about everything. So my list is probably going to take the rest of the episode. But why don't you guys start it out? <laughs> yeah, I'll start off. I'll start off with uh, what shopping I did today. So I bought in uh, SoFi. Okay. I bought a big chunk at $13.65 this morning. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, so SoFi was good. Win. Uh, when Win dropped to 90, I placed a small order on Win, more SP 500, and uh, bought a little bit of Robinhood. I mean, not much. When, you know, we're talking like how many shares of Robinhood? About 20, 20 shares of Robinhood. So a little bit, basically. And uh, oh, and Fisker at $13.85. So that was uh, that was my buy today. Nice, Andre. I didn't buy any individual stocks. I'm just still doing broad market index funds, BTI, BOO. Um, and You're looking I really smart right now, Andre. You're looking really smart. <laughs> <laughs> and I bought a backyard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. Tell us yeah. about this. Kevin's going to like, ooh, juicy. I'm going to destroy this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Where are my glasses? <laughs> Let me run the numbers here. Hold on. <laughs> there we Agent go. Smith over here. Yeah, no, I... I uh... <laughs> So my backyard had this like huge, ugly rock formation feature, which didn't make any sense. It took out the entire, it took up the entire backyard. It took us like a month to remove it because it had rebar inside of it. And that was really expensive. It was like $4,000 to remove, just to remove it, just to flatten it. Um, and then I, sp I spent roughly, I want to say like $24,000 in the backyard altogether, which I think is not bad considering how big the house is and how the backyard is. So $24,000 is about what I spent. And they just finished it. Luckily, they finished it really quickly. But the more interesting part is, okay, so you guys know those those rocks that you place around, kind of like around the, the turf, right? I did not know this, but there are so many different options. And one of the options they gave me was like, say, $100 a ton. I need 10 yeah. tons in my backyard. Um, another one was like $34 a ton. And I'm like, ooh, I like this rock right here. It was it was a black river rock. Oh, gosh. And, and there was a white river rock about the size of my fist. Yeah. And I was like, I love that. How much is that? And he's like, 1800 a ton. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You're telling me I just spend $18,000 to fill my backyard with rocks? Like the next time some friend of mine like takes a rock, I'm like, wait, 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 that's $20. Come back with that rock. Yeah, that rock. I had the same thing happen with my backyard. We went through and we looked at all the stones and starting from the cheapest one to the most expensive. And the most expensive was the river rock. It's just, it looks cool. It's really modern. Yeah, like yes, the black stone like that looks awesome. It's so expensive. I went with that. Uh, not the. I didn't go with the cheapest. I went with like the third to the cheapest. Mm. And uh, 
listen, you never even notice it. Honestly, the plants grow over it. You're never going to see it. Uh, not that important. Yeah. It does, but it, does, I, I, yeah. it does look really nice. It's, it's insane how expensive it can get. And then we planted lemon trees on the corners of the backyard. We put like a cedar, uh, what do you call it? It's like with shiplap. Yeah, that's what it's called, shiplap. We shiplap the entire backyard in the back with cedar planks, which look really beautiful. Anyway, you'll, nice. I'll make a video about it. It's, anyway, that's what I'm buying, <laughs> buying house stuff. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Nice. And so let me, let me do my Kevin impression well, you see, Andre, you know, that's my problem with real estate. You know, I keep telling Lauren, just throw a bunch of rocks back there. Gravel. Who cares? You know, it's like it's just a backyard. Like, it doesn't really matter. No, no, Jeremy, it's like this. Rocks? Who needs rocks? Glaze it. What do you need backyard for? Glaze it. <laughs> you don't need a roof? Glaze it. <laughs> Reglaze it. That's good. All right, Kevin. That's a good one. What are you buying? All right. Uh, you know, I uh, added a little bit to Ethereum. That's kind of it. Uh, I'm really, really just like hoarding cash right now. Uh, I, I want to find some really good dips. Like, for example, if Enphase went down to 120 again, Redfin is like on this disastrous downtrend. And it, it, when this thing bounces, I'm going to add to it. Uh, you know, SoFi is on that downtrend. I've got a ton of sold puts ton of sold puts on it uh but if it keeps trending down i'm gonna have to buy shares uh you know tesla i actually have some covered calls now which is is i've had for for uh, i think i bought those last week i don't know if it was before or after we talked last but beyond that it's it's been mostly about uh sitting around with cash because i like i'm waiting for people to be freaking out i don't think we've gotten to freak out yet you know we've we're in this place where like some prices are good but I don't think we've gotten to panic yet. And I'm waiting for that panic. <laughs> right. I want that blood in the waters. Yeah. I'm actually excited for Ethereum next year. I think next year is when everything's yeah. going to take off, especially Ethereum, because Ethereum tends to lag behind Bitcoin by about a, a year. Oh, wow. So, you know, considering that Bitcoin had this crazy rise this year, I could, I, I'm pretty sure Ethereum next year is going to take off like bonkers. You know what's crazy? is um, Bloomberg did this whole piece on how there's like no leverage right now in crypto. That leverage just get got eradicated in crypto over the last uh, uh, cycle here. And a, a lot of liquidations happened or whatever. Uh, and they mentioned that like this lack of leverage and then seeing growth in crypto again, with the exception of today, today's not been a great day for crypto, but the growth we have been seeing, we're now, you know, Bitcoin's at 47 again instead of, 37 or, or 29 right uh, this growth happening without leverage is is potentially the start of uh hitting some new records to where if we could get to 50 or 60k without leverage and then people start turning on the leverage switch you know we might see 100k it's kind of interesting I, I don't know we're, we're setting up man we're setting up I, I don't think we've seen that exponential growth curve yet this year just like whenever bitcoin goes up to its like exponential highs and you guys remember seeing that spike in the graph yeah that lasts for an average about five continuous days. Every single day you wake up and it's like a thousand, two thousand more, three thousand more. And you're like, oh, this is not going to end. And you get like the biggest FOMO that you've ever felt. You're like, oh, I need to put all my money in now. And we haven't felt that this year. It's, 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 it's been fast. It grew fast, but like sustainably fast, not, not like five days fast. 
So, yeah, uh, yeah it, it's going to happen. I'm, I still think it's going to happen this year. Didn't we feel that, though, back in April when it was hitting, like, 60K? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. No. I I feel like there was a lot of that back in the Doge, right around Doge time. I feel like I feel like <clears throat> two guys on this show right here that were feeling that FOMO. One's above my screen and one is to the left of my screen. I feel like you guys had some FOMO about uh, Bitcoin back then, man. Dogecoin. No? No FOMO? No. no. I, 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 my positions are pretty set. I don't have that FOMO, but... Okay, uh, okay. Dogecoin, I think, is a different beast, though. Dogecoin is, you know, the smaller cap one, and I, I don't think that's necessarily representative of, of, of crypto right now. But... Yeah. That's true, but it, it took the whole crypto market's attention there for about what was that that's two true. months? I mean, that's man, yeah. yeah, that had the that had the world talking. But that's uh, I mean, Bitcoin went through a huge, you know. I mean, if you go back, what is it, eighteen months ago? Bitcoin was thirty, you know, thirty three hundred or whatever, you know. And, and today, I don't know what it's at forty thousand something, maybe. So. 546. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's still, you know, it, it's made quite a move in the last, let's say, 18 months. But yeah, I guess recently it, it hasn't done anything. Have, too you, have you bought anything besides Ethereum? I think I, we forced you to buy Ethereum, I, I, if I believe correct. Yes, that is true. And I sold it all shortly after and put it in VGX. And I'm a hundred. No my portfolio is 100% VGX. Jeremy. No way. I don't know. Yep. Uh, and I even I think I sold my micro strategy too and put that in VGX also. So this is this is what we like to call in the industry getting wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm either I'm diversifying. Just a little just no. I honestly I would do a third Bitcoin, third Ethereum, third VGX if that's what you want to do. No third, way. 30, 33, 33, 33, if yeah. that's how you want to That's good. <laughs> No way, man. The Dogecoin millionaire, did he become that because he was a third, third, third? No, he did not. <laughs> he was 100% Doge. I'm 100% VGX when it comes to crypto. And you guys are going to see, one day I'm going to be rich, and you're all going to be like, oh, you're so smart. And you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Or I'm going to lose all that money, and I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to you guys. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those two ways. Probably nothing in between when it comes to VGX. But anyways. I'm, so, I'm re- Yeah, go ahead. We, I, all right. We okay. have to continue talking about crypto, but no, let's move on. Yeah. If you guys want to move on. So back to the stock buys. Yeah, I've been obviously loading up on the Chef and Corsair. And I even have been buying some Smile Direct Club now that's been $5 or under, which is kind of a higher risk play, I guess you can say. But yeah. my, my kind of play there is obviously everybody's been wearing masks for the last 18 months. So this has not been the best time period for anything dental related. Like, you know, because everybody's been able to hide behind masks, not really getting together. Mm. And so, like, who really cares about if your teeth are straight? Like the last 18 months has been a kind of a time to not care about that, right? Well, eventually those masks are going away and eventually people are going to get together more and more often. And then, you know, you start being self-conscious about your smile. And next thing you know, you're you're thinking about braces. And Smile Direct Club is an awesome offer for that. So 
I'm looking at that as a, a stock that's down 60, 70% from its highs and, and that's an opportunity. So, and then I'm also not trying sponsored. to, go ahead. Sorry, not sponsored. Yeah, not, no, they're definitely not sponsored. Although they, yeah, I don't think they have the money to pay to sponsor with their low stock price. So, but uh, <laughs> another, yeah, no, and then another, um, uh, well, I'm also trying to keep some good cash because we are now less than 30 days away from 2024 call options coming out, which is what I really want. That's what I really want. Kevin, you're shaking your head. Why are you shaking your head? I just think it's a mistake. I think you're going to get wrecked. Uh, I mean, you could be you could be right. It depending on how how much these prices go down. Look, in fairness, if if in in I don't know what you said, 30 days or whatever. Let's say let's say we're May again, you know, and we have this low in the market. Oh crap, you could buy any call options and do fine then. I trend-wise, right now it's looking good because prices are going down. So so maybe that'll be better. But just the volatility crush that we've seen uh, in, in options over the last six months has been devastating to people who have been buying leaps. Uh, it's been very bad. So, um, yeah, if, if volatility keeps going down and we just go to a boring market, I don't know. I'd, I'd be cautious. I don't know what that has to do with the price of eggs, though, Kevin, because, uh, you know, <laughs> we're in a situation here where Corsair is trading at 26. So you're telling me in January of 2024, Corsair is not going to be at least like, let's say, $40 a share, 50, 60. That, that's that's the way I look at it. I'm like, you know, when, when some of these stocks start to get to silly prices, I got to take advantage. Um, you know, let's say. Yeah, but we're one of the things that we have this problem with right now is a lot of the silly prices are compared to a silly recent market that we've had where everybody's been rich, right? And, and so I'm worried that like what happens if we go into a frugal decade, right? And and all of a sudden the stimulus is gone. We're not printing as much money anymore. Okay, maybe rates don't necessarily go up right away. Maybe the Fed sits on their hands a bit, but people just aren't spending like they are anymore. I mean, just this morning, you know, we have lower uh, uh, retail sales in China. We see the same thing, the same kind of drop in the United States. Uh, production's going down. Maybe it's Delta fears. I hope it's Delta fears. But, you know, you look at consumer spending. I mean, it's up when people get printed money, but you got unemployment going away. Uh, maybe people have bought the stuff they were going to buy during the pandemic. It's like, are people really now like, oh, I'm not getting stimulus. Time to go buy some more coarse hair memory cards. You know, like, don't get me wrong. I think they're when they if they do. Well, look, they're going to do better when the chip shortage gets alleviated. It's kind of like end phase or any anything that's making stuff with chips right now. They'll do better when the chip shortage goes away. But what are people going to be buying? You know, is it going to be something that tries to save the money like solar panels? Or is it going to be buying the gaming stuff? I don't know. It's, it's a very, very bizarre market. Yeah, and, and that's always the risk when it comes to that. Like if I'm ever thinking about long-term call options, something two years plus in advance, that's what I'm always thinking about is actually recession. Like what happens if yeah. we have an actual recession somewhere in there? Because we know all stocks would probably drop a bunch more. Revenues would go down. Net income would go down. And then we got to climb back up. And does it climb back up in time where I can get out and at least save face, right? And so that's something that you kind of got to always accept. And that's why I can't go like it's not going to see me put 100% of my money into call options. It's like a poor. What, what would you do? I would, I, would, I would put about like I'm, I'm putting, let's say I'm saving. I'm, 20% of my cash right now. Whoops. Hold on. Sorry. What happened? Where did I go? I was just getting good. Man. <laughs> How do I get back on this thing? Help me, Kevin. Hey, there I am. I'm back. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about call options. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, the calls go. 20% of my cash is going into calls. Okay. Uh, if, if, and then how much cash are you at? 
How, how uh, much cash are you at right now? Low seven figures. Low, 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 low. Oh, low oh, oh sorry. I mean, that's fine. I, I was going to say percentage wise, but that, that's fine. You don't have to. Oh, that. okay. Okay. All right. All right. So, so, so uh, you know, two to 300 grand in, into, into, into options. Okay. Uh, for, uh, fine. That's fair. I don't, I don't think yeah. it's like you're going YOLO all in like super high risk oh, no. here. I mean, 20% of cash. Uh, but, that's yeah, whatever. Let me, let me make Do it clear. I've never bought over a hundred K worth of options in my life in terms of all at mm -hmm. one time. So this mm -hmm. is a big move relative to anything I've ever done in relation to options before. And I just want to make it also really clear. A lot of these stocks have to stay down and Oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on. Right. Guys. I'm sorry about this. I got to figure out how to turn this thing on. I've never that's had that. Calling. <laughs> you got to uh, uh, do not disturb. Do not right. disturb. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to right. look that up after the video. Okay. So <laughs> anyways, that where comment. are we at? There's the call options. Okay. The call options. <laughs> I'm going digging them. I'm going all in. Let's just leave it at that. Let me figure out this do not disturb. It's all good. Jeremy, okay. What, what makes you so confident though, besides that it, it, that it has to be higher two years from now? Yeah. Okay, good news is I got do not disturb on. Okay, so I mean, if I, it's a stock by stock basis. So if I look at something like a Corsair Gaming, it's not looking at it from the respect of like, oh, this is off so far from its 52-week high. It's looking at Corsair Gaming saying it's at a forward P of let's say 15 or 16, very nice revenue growth. And I think the valuation is just unsustainably low. And so as long as a company puts up decent numbers over the next few years, it should see a valuation rise quite a bit above where it's at now. I think that's a stock that should command at least a 25 forward P roughly 27 somewhere in there. And so it's mainly a valuation case with the growth and wall street just being in a situation where they can't stay out of it for too long. So, hmm. you know, and I have to look at it on a stock by stock basis. I'll say tattoo chefs a little more of a risk than a Corsair gaming. That's why Corsair gaming is my number one stock. I'm interested in call options, but look at something like tattoo chef that has more valuation risk because there's no, real like forward P on tattoo chef right now, which is something to kind of think about because the company's not profitable. So mm -hmm. in relation to that, it's a bigger risk. However, with tattoo chef, also the upside's crazy, you know? So, you know, kind of little puts and takes there, but it's kind of a case by case basis. And you, you can't just say, I'm going to buy call options and everything. It's very specific stocks. So what do you guys think about uh, Michael Burry shorting uh, arc? <laughs> Dude, he's a brilliant marketer. He knows how to get the headlines. When Tesla's hot, he shorts it. When Kathy's hot, he shorts her. When the housing market's hot, he shorts it. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, he knows how to get the headlines, man. I mean, talk about getting, talk about getting, uh, uh, you know, be, uh, being a contrarian investor and and basically getting free advertising to pump your fund. <laughs> brilliant. That's true. He it's, was right about Tesla, though. So, I mean, couldn't he just get in and out pretty quick? If, yeah. if Kathy Wood's fund drops 5%, even if he could announce, I've shorted it, that itself causes it to drop right. 5%. He right. exits, he gets free promotion, and yeah. he's right on top of that because he's like, he, I'm a genius. <laughs> he created a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Right. Did you guys see Kathy's response to him? She's like, I don't believe that he understands the fundamentals that are creating explosive growth and innovation. Yes. That's funny. <laughs> she slammed him so hard. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a nice nag. It's, it's a diss for sure.
yeah. sneak this. <laughs> like I've never seen Kathy go go aggressive like that. And, right. and and like I know it's just a tweet, you know, but <laughs> it's still kind of cool. <laughs> now, to be fair though, Kevin, do you think it's really just over marketing, or do you think he's actually thinks he's going to make a lot of money in this whole deal? I mean, look, shorting Kathy Wood has actually been very popular this entire year, and this so far. It has been an excellent strategy. Uh, shorts on Kathy Wood have gone from virtually nothing in January to about uh, 12 and a half, I'm sorry, 13% on RK, which 13% on an ETF is a lot. This isn't a SPAC. This isn't a single stock. It's a basket of, of you know, whatever, 50 stocks or whatever she has, uh, which is crazy. To, to short it, but it's been the easiest way to get short exposure to high value stocks because she basically, her, her fund is made up of, of stocks when you like average out the PEs. I mean, you're like, the fund is probably like a 200 PE, <laughs> you know, or more, or infinite. Jeez. Uh, and, and so, uh, yeah, it's really easy to short in this market and it's been an excellent strategy. Will it be going forward? I don't know. If we get that inflation bottom out and, and then finally maybe we get people going back into innovation. Well, that's when you get the U-turn, and, and then the shorts will get burned. Hmm. Now, you know, here, here's another thing, Kevin. You know, this is more of a question for you because I know you said you're not really, um, you know, buying much, and you're just kind of sitting on cash. Do you think yeah. you're going to potentially get a little too greedy around pricing when it comes to these, a lot of these stocks? So you just think, like, you know, it doesn't matter, and, and they're all due to drop. And, and, you know, maybe be a little more specific around what stocks you think could drop a lot more. Is it, like, big tech? Is it these small caps, like, you know, uh, that we spoke about here today? A lot of these small caps you think could fall a lot more? Like, yeah. kind of what's a little more in-depth there? Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't mind missing uh, an opportunity or whatever. Uh, I've I've gotten very uh, and maybe sometimes you get too comfortable, but I love not being on margin. Uh, I've got no margin. I I just love having like some money there. If an opportunity comes up, you can buy that. And and this used to be like, and I'm sure it still is Graham. You know, like a year ago, I'd be like, no, no, keep no cash. You know, but this market is so. And look, a year ago, it, it like it, you could buy anything, but this market is so stupid right now. It's like. I look and I'm like, people are like, oh, Kevin, uh, Enphase went from from you know 180 to to 170. We should buy the dip. And I'm like, why? It was just 120 in May. <laughs> it was 120, you know, four months before that. It's trending down. What's the rush? I'm gonna miss out on 170. I'm gonna have that opportunity again. You know, now it's 160, and like, I wouldn't be surprised if we get more red days here. It's back at 130 soon. So it's like, look, wake me up when there's a good deal. <laughs> right. That's interesting. So you're basically saying there's no good deals out there in the market right now. I, I'm, I think I'm a little worried that that right now uh, we we there is a solid foundation. Like I think there's a solid foundation of the stock market, but then I think on top of that is like a foundation of sand. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out like where does the foundation of sand end and where do we hit bedrock in stock prices, right? Like I want to buy where the bedrock is, not on all the sand, and because I feel like we're buying in quicksand on some of these stocks right now. And it's like, yeah, sure, of course, these these companies should be worth more in the future, but they should be worth more than their bedrock value, not all this crazy quicksand, which is from all the JPOW, you know. And and it's just, uh, it's it's really I've gotten jaded because in February 
I was like, buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip, right? And then we get these low prices in March. And it's like, yes, yes, go crazy. Buy the dip, buy, 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 buy. And then we get more pain at the end of March. And then it's like, crap, I'm out of money to buy the dip. And then there's pain in April. And then there was even more pain in May. And it's just like, it's been a year of of just, just wait for more pain. <laughs> so what's your strategy then? Just stack as much cash as you can in the interim until you right find now, yeah. Deal? What if... What if things just stay about the same for the next year or two? And, and that's okay. Th then I'll do real estate uh, or or crypto. So uh, it doesn't have to be stocks. And I think that's where I've kind of opened my uh, – like something I've been saying on the channel in, in the last few weeks has been RCC, real estate crypto cash. So it's like, look, I'll just if, – if I'm sitting on a couple million dollars, I'll go I'll go buy real estate deals. I don't care. Like I'll, I'll go find one of my old school wedge deals or whatever. I'm just, I feel no rush right now. Seven, and it's, it's a great feeling. What about alternative assets? Like uh, like a car, believe it or not, <laughs> a, a Ford GT just recently sold at auction $385,000. That's a 20%, no, a 25% increase from when I bought mine back in February. 25%. That's crazy. So yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just not like super well educated in cars. That's that's entirely yeah, possible. I'm telling you right I now. Also, if you buy a Mercedes SLS AMG, and you could find one under like one sixty five, a hundred percent, you'll make money on it. That that should be a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar car. That's in, crazy. I don't know, three. Uh, yeah, years. I mean, the problem and, is and like you get to enjoy it. You get to park a SLS oh no. AMG in your garage. But the thing is, like, then I can't enjoy it. But then I can't use my garage for something else, right? Uh, and like, see, I have a smaller house. I don't have a big garage. And and look, yeah, I mean, don't house, get me wrong. That's what you should be doing. That's where your money should be going right now, Kevin. I've been saying this a lot. You, your money should be going towards a bigger house uh, in a good area that's going to go up in value. You take advantage of that primary residence loan. You you, you section mm. half of it off for your office. You get a four car garage. You get yourself some some great collectible cars in there. I'm telling you, and the I quality mean, of life you get from looking at the the beach every day. Jeez. So I mean, I, 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 I figured, wait a minute. What I figured out here is Graham is Kevin's direct financial advisor. <laughs> you just you just said you guarantee he's going to make money on an investment because, opportunity. You know what? Okay, how about this, Kevin? I will guarantee I'll pay more for that car than what you paid for it. If you buy, oh. if you buy an SLS AMG. <laughs> For anything <laughs> under 165, I promise you that I'll pay at least 166 for it. Wow! Wow! Yeah. I mean, hey, um, you know that's a that's incredible. Well, thank you for that. Right there. So, yeah, there you go, Jeremy. There's yeah. your guarantee. I got some education, but but Graham, yeah. I could just take a big fat tax write off and finally get my own thing I can wrap. <laughs> nice. That's you know what we were thinking about doing is if I ever had a plane, uh, wrap it with me lying down uh, like like the Superman. And then kind of like my my waist and belt line, my belt line area is right where the, the wheel comes down. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, awesome. you can do that too. <laughs> Kevin, we have sponsorship dollars on the line, sir. Wait, no wait, more wait, talking wait. to you for the rest of the video. No, I'm wait, just wait, 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 wait. Let me rewind this a little bit. Kevin, when you say RCC and you say crypto, are you talking about like the major ones? Or are you talking about like the small cap, uh, like some of the more uh, niche One ones? third, 
Bitcoin, one third Ethereum, one third Cardano. And is that because you believe that it's just crypto has a higher upside in the next couple of months that as than the stock market? Uh, yeah, I, I think there's, I think 2020 is, uh, I'm sorry, 2022 has a beautiful upside for crypto. Look, it's coming. Uh, I mean, more companies are going to take crypto. Apple Pay is going to let us pay with crypto soon. Uh, it's it's going to be everywhere. We're going to uh, every credit card is going to be you know pay with crypto or pay with your your fiat. You know, uh, I will it's, say uh, if Apple starts accepting if it's if it starts to allow us to use Bitcoin or just crypto in general, I I think that could be a catalyst by itself to trigger the Bitcoin to 100k, just by itself. Wow. Just the hype alone. Seriously, hype that alone. Level that alone wow see that's more bullish than even i am but but yeah, yeah. um look i'm uh i'm usually a big buy the dipper uh i've i'm also uh at a point where like uh, sometimes uh, and i'll say this like my last ETH, uh, eth purchase i'm like i'm just gonna park a little bit here not trying to time it you know I'm, i don't really care to sell any of these i'm just gonna park and hold i did buy a bunch of cardano when it was close to a dollar it's like two dollars now i'd love for it to fall back to 150. i don't really care if the prices go down and i think that's the beautiful thing about having some extra cash aside is you don't care if prices go down, you're like, please give me a better deal. He's just shaking his head. He's like, you millennials, how do you value this? This doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, I'm listening to Kevin. I'm listening to this, okay? I'm listening to this. He's saying there's no good deals in any stocks out there, yet he wants to stick his money in crypto, which, well, what's Cardano's market cap, Kevin? <coughs> a just, lot. Just you, you don't think any of this has been priced in? None of it has been priced in? Have you not seen how these things have gone up over the last 10 years? And you're going to tell me there's no good deals in the market and that's a risk? But no, let's stick all our money in crypto? Where there's like no utility? What in the world's going on? Jeremy, I guarantee you that next year, pick any one of the cryptos in my portfolio and they'll have appreciated far more than any of your stocks by next year. That could be true, but that doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it right, (laughs) If you do it responsibly, it can be. I'm not saying YOLO all of your money into it, but at least diversify those VGX. (laughs) Please. It's not our fault you picked the loser. Oh, 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 what? VGX actually is going to do something. Unlike your little cryptos that you like make up in your mind. You're like, oh, it's going to take over the world. It's going to like, oh, do, 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 do. and it's like, give me a break, man. I ain't going to do nothing. You guys are still going to be talking five years about how this is going to change the world. This is going to be so big. Give me a break, man. Someone's got to clip that out of context. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have something else. Sure. With, with the graph on the side as it goes up. <laughs> I mean, I've had a hard, I've had a tough past two weeks. I had to deal with Corsair and Tattoo Chef, and then I got to come on here and see here. Kevin said there's no good deals in stocks, and he's going to put all his money in these cryptos that have already gone up like ridiculous. Like, come on, man, what's going on in this world? Well, in fairness. <laughs> most of the buys were buying the dip around that, that 29 or before a lot of these are older but no i mean look uh i i'm i'm interested in in holding stuff cash style uh or real estate so real estate crypto cash is my big thing now until i get some really juicy opportunities do i like redfin at 49 yeah but look if i could get it at 35 i don't i just don't mind waiting and look is it possible i'm gonna miss a, a bottom or whatever fine i i don't care uh but um yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just, it's the market is so bizarro right now, especially with Delta. And now that's where I think we could actually get on the same page because I really like Win. 
I, I was actually shocked when I saw they were only worth like $12 billion or something like that, because I'm pretty sure their casinos cost them like a third of that to build. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think, uh, you know, once Delta U-turns, you know, I think recoveries are going to have a really nice rebound. Maybe not as much as we previously had, but I think there's going to be a nice recovery to ride. I like your recovery there, Kevin. That's like when your girl gets mm. mad at you and you're like, hey, you know, and you try to find like a middle ground. And you're like, hey, well, remember there's this one thing we do together? Look at this. Look at this Cardano market cap. $61 billion? You could buy like, you know how many Tattoo Chefs in Corsair Gamings you could buy for that? And win. you could buy win Tattoo Chef, Corsair Gaming, Smile Direct Club. I'm talking about the whole company. The Real Real, Revolve, Upwork. Fire. You could buy all those companies and still not spend $61 billion. And I'm still trying to figure out who's using Cardano because I certainly don't know anybody. Kevin, do you all still have your Cardano? I remember you were buying around like 95 cents a dollar, weren't you? Yeah. No, I, I, did, I have not sold a single penny of Cardano. Uh, I... The, I never sold any of the Ethereum that I bought. The only thing I did is I I um I sold a ton of Bitcoin at like fifty seven k or something like that, uh, and, uh, and 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 then been buying you know kind of just trickling back in. So really, just me buying back is me just kind of rebuilding that position I previously had. Uh, and, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, I, it, sometimes it feels boring and that's why I've been so interested in like selling puts too, because it's just like, Oh really? You'll pay me to promise to buy that stock in the future. Hell yeah. <laughs> I like that, Kevin. I like that. I like that. Man. Yeah. Graham, you, you should do that too. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> it's, it's not as risky as it sounds. It's really not. It's well, just, well the, the big risk is you it. miss the run, right? If you miss mm -hmm. the run. Like, for example, you Graham bought SoFi today. <laughs> if I sold puts on SoFi today for $15 or whatever, and I took a big fat credit, and it was like, oh, Graham bought today for $13.50, but with my put credit, it's like I'm buying it for $9.80, which you could have done today. You could have basically gotten for $9.80 with your credit, right? But you have to get to that expiration point. And – uh, it, it's possible that by the time you get to that expiration point, SoFi's thirty dollars. Well, now it's like, yeah, sure, I get to keep my credit, but Graham just made way more money holding the shares, right? So, I don't think there's anything wrong with shares. You don't have to double time the market. It's simple. It's safe. I like it. I support it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just like the set it and forget it mentality. Like whatever I buy, I basically just assume that money doesn't exist anymore. It's in there. Not even gonna look at it. I'll buy a little bit more if it dips, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. I Same like that thing. approach. Uh, how do you feel? You know, uh, Graham and Kevin, I really want to hear you guys' opinion. Like, how do you feel about the, the real estate market in general? Because I know Kevin, you were talking about potentially buying more real estate, but like, you know, obviously prices have gone up a lot. Um, you know, do you think this is this price trend is going to continue, slow way down, reverse? What's kind of your two cents on that, guys? It's mm. tough because I, I, I don't really see anything that would cause it to drop. I could see it slowing down. I could see more inventory coming in the market. I could see higher interest rates having an effect, but I can't see prices dropping like 15, 20%. So it's like, it's this weird in between because it's like, there's not much on the market. So as much as I would love to get a good deal, there's nothing there. And, uh, so it's like a weird predicament because like, do you buy now and just kind of compete with a whole bunch of people or do you wait and risk the market potentially continuing to go up I, it, yeah it, it is tough it, it like the biggest catalyst i think for a downside would be rates going up but i really think the fed 
they they had this analogy a couple weeks ago. They're like, here's the thing: the sooner we taper, the longer we can wait before we raise rates. And I'm like, well, that's all I needed to hear. Please taper tomorrow, <laughs> you know. Uh, so so now I'm like excited about the taper because the sooner they do it, the longer they'll wait on raising rates. And I think that's the big risk to real estate is is rates going up because we saw it in 2018. I mean, we uh, we like. 2018 summer market was a disaster. I lost a lot of money that summer in, in real estate commissions because just all of a sudden things that used to sell within 24 hours all of a sudden weren't selling and we had to drop prices 12% uh, just to get stuff to move. It was nuts. So um, I think rates will do that. But yeah, between now and then, maybe you get some more winter inventory, uh, eviction inventory. My favorite time to buy, October to January, because that's usually when people are like, eh, it's the holidays. But the people who are selling are the ones who need to sell. They're desperate to get out. And I want to come in and buy it up. <laughs> All right. That's a good point. Yeah. Andre, are you still are you still doing your um your 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 real estate situation that, that Graham and Kevin viciously attacked you on? What's going on with that? Uh no, last time uh because they were gonna use the same contractor. Uh, or I, at least I thought they were as the same person who did this house, which he dropped the ball on. Um, and the contractor kind of stopped paying his crew and they started coming into the house and they were just like, uh, we've been here for like three months and we haven't been paid. And I feel oh. horrible for these people because I see them all the time. And here I am paying the contractor a ton of money and the work they're doing is slow or it's bad. And I totally understand their perspective they're not getting paid and i assumed that that project that i was going to do with them would have used the same guy and i was like i'm just not going to do that because I, I don't want to oh, use that guy yeah. but they said they would never work with them again so i'm gonna i'm just gonna wait until another deal comes through and i'm okay with being patient and finding a better deal and a better contractor <laughs> so i think it's worth Dude, it yeah, I, I think you you saved yourself a world of stress you man did. like contracting and construction the worst, most cancerous thing you could get into, in my opinion. I mean, like, I'm sure there are other things that are more cancerous. Everybody's told me that. Everyone yeah. who've ever asked, they're like, it's the worst industry you could be in. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Like, it's it's literally one of those things where it's like, when you start a project, you're like, it's going to be so fun. Everything's going to go great. You know what I found? And this sounds like super first world problem-ish. It's really effing hard to spend money. Like that sounds crazy because we, we, we're we so used to like Amazon, but it's like, you want to get a contractor? It's hard. You want to get a developer? You want to get an architect? It's hard. Uh, like, and, and again, this is like super first world, but I had to be back yesterday uh, at, at a specific deadline. My Southwest flight got canceled uh, or not canceled, like delayed like two hours. I wanted to be back here in the studio for a Fox interview, uh, which is really important. It's big, you know, it's national TV. And uh, so we got a uh, private plane company. They're like, oh, we could do it. We'll be there at three. We'll land at this airport. We'll take you right away. You'll be back at 420. That was the actual land time. Back at 420, you'll have enough time to get to your interview. Uh, and I'm like, great, no problem. Put a hold on my credit card. And it was going to be a lot of money. I mean, it was going to be like $14,000. It was insane. Uh, and, uh, and so I was going to pay that myself. Like the campaign doesn't pay for that kind of stuff because it's extravagant. But anyway, uh, so we're there at three o'clock, no plane. And, and we're like, what the hell? Like we, we, we need to go. And they're like, Oh, it, it'll be there soon. It'll be there soon. The plane doesn't show up until three 43 is when the thing lands. And I'm like, 
if I board this plane, I miss my five o'clock interview. So we're like, we can't board anymore. We told you we needed it at three. You screwed us. Now I have to go try to set up a, you know, a laptop webcam for a Fox interview uh, in, in, in somebody's apartment. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and because, you know, because Southwest canceled us basically. And then now these people screwed up and then they're like, yeah, well the flight's non-refundable. So screw you. Thanks for the 14 grand. Wow. Like, what a contract. It's, it is a nightmare. Contracting is that every day. Wait, are you saying he never got your money back? No. I mean, I'm going to, I put it on a credit card. Thank God. Uh, I didn't wire them the money. Uh, I put it on my JPM. So I, obviously I'm going to dispute it. We have documentation. They said they were going to be at 30, but I mean, this is a $14,000 one hour plane ride that they screwed me on that. I was only willing to pay to be in my studio for a Fox interview that I couldn't do because they screwed me. That's insane. Dude. Yeah. Holy anyway. crap. Yeah. That, that's it's time to wrap it up, Graham. Worth <laughs> my All right, guys. <laughs> With that said, thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe. You got to smash that subscribe button and hit the like button. And also make sure to add the clips channel down below in the description. If you've already done that, hit the notification bell. All of our information is down below in the description with some really good stuff. Thank you guys so much for watching. And until next time. Peace out. See ya. Bye.